Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. Sometimes you have to have a difficult conversation. The doctor comes in and he lets you know about the serious medical problem that you have. That's tough to hear. It hurts. But you need to have that conversation so that you can be healed and so that you can be treated and so that you can be lifted up. Well, today the Lord sends his messenger to us to have that difficult conversation. The Lord draws near to humble us. We'll hear more about that in our worship service today. Let's begin by singing our opening hymn, 312.
please stand. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And also with you. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Discipline me in your wrath. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I am bowed down and brought very low. I groan in anguish of heart. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. O Lord, do not forsake me. Be not far from me. Come quickly to help me, O Lord my Savior. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. In Jesus, you have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We have been brought from death to life. Sin shall not be our master, because we are not under law, but under grace. Let us pray. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, 
to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that at his second coming we may worship him in purity, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Please be seated. Our first lesson for today comes from Malachi chapter 3 and serves as the basis for our sermon. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness. And the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I will be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. This is the word of our God. Please stand in honor of the gospel. Our gospel for today, taken from Luke chapter 3, John the Baptist, the messenger of the Lord, uh, preaches a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of Eturia and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated for the next hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God's word we consider in the sermon today, the first lesson from Malachi chapter 3. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The messages have been flying back and forth, going around and around for months and months now. It's almost here. It's time to get ready. It's, it's going to be here before we know it. Messages about our living nativity this weekend. Messages, getting things ready for the cookies, getting things ready for the costumes, for the cast, getting things ready to bring the message to our community and to each other. Messages are such an important part, vital part, of being prepared and getting ready. Isn't it really the same thing for our own holiday gatherings? Send your husband a message letting him know, I need, need you to pick up another loaf of bread, I need you to pick up some more gift wrapping. Leave a message on the voicemail for your wife that, oh, those cousins that we didn't think were coming, they're coming now. we got to get ready. Or send one of your children to talk to the other ones with a message. It's time to tidy up. We've got to get ready. Messages are so important when it comes to being prepared. And this morning is no different. As we take a closer look at Malachi chapter 3, the Lord has a message for us and some messengers as well. He says, my messenger will prepare you for the coming purifier and also for the coming testifier. The name Malachi actually means my messenger. And as you read through the book of Malachi and its contents and its circumstances, we can tell that Malachi ministered among the Lord's people in Judah and Jerusalem around the time of Nehemiah in the mid to late 400s A.D., Malachi mentions here that the Lord is going to send his messenger, another messenger who would prepare the way for him. We heard about that messenger who would prepare the way for the Lord in the gospel lesson for today. Luke identified John the Baptist as the one who would prepare the way for the Lord. That was the messenger, and that meant that it was getting close. Suddenly, the Lord would come to his temple the one that everyone had been waiting for and desiring. Now, by Malachi's time, the temple, the second temple, had already been rebuilt. It was built under the leadership of men like Zerubbabel and Joshua. But for centuries and millennia, God's people had been looking forward to. They had been desiring and delighting, eagerly anticipating the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord to his temple, the Lord would have all authority and all power. But he's also called the messenger of the covenant here. The Lord, when he came, the Lord they were looking forward to, would bring a message to the people about the first covenant that they had broken and would bring them good news of the new covenant that he would establish. But when the Lord came, his coming would involve way more than the people of Malachi's time 
were anticipating, way more than they were expecting. Malachi says here that the Lord would come like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. This would bring difficulty and distress, even pain, all so that God's people would be pure, to purify them. So instead of taking unwanted metals out with just a tweezer carefully like you're playing the game of operation, trying not to touch anything or hurt anything, the Lord would crank up the kiln and fire up the furnace to burn impurities away. The laundry, the the launderer's soap, it wouldn't just be sitting around in a bubble bath, relaxing, sitting around in some warm, soapy water. No, the laundry process back then was pummeling and pounding, beating the clothes and smacking them. Uh, And it was a rough process, very agitating experience for them. That's what the Lord would come. He would come like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. The Israelites weren't ready for that. That's why the Lord sent his messenger to prepare the way for them. The launderer's soap and the refiner's fire would be used to purify God's people, to turn them away from things of this world, to test them, to teach them the consequences of their sin. The Lord had refined his Old Testament people before. Psalm 66 refers to their time in slavery in Egypt as a refining, as a purifying for them. The Lord talks in Isaiah chapter 48 about how he would refine his people using the Babylonians to come in, burn and destroy Jerusalem and carry some of them off into exile. When the Lord Jesus himself came, he would come with refining and purifying. He taught, the, the, he taught Saul and the Apostle Paul how much he would have to suffer for his name. The congregation in Thessalonica went, faced much persecution. The Christians in Jerusalem, they went through a great famine. Christians in the city of Rome, they suffered the confiscation of their property and insults. This refining fire, this launderer's soap, and the Lord allows that for you and me too. He allows pain, pain in relationships, pain in our work, pain with our health. He allows loss of abilities and stuff and people, all with the goal of purifying us and driving away our excuses and our sins and our objections and our poor priorities. That's what preparing for the Lord's coming is like. I don't know if I want that. As I get ready for the Lord's coming, and I'm guessing I'm like you, I would rather just be sipping on some hot chocolate, listening to the crackling of the fireplace, hearing the soothing sounds of Christmas music, smelling the sweet aroma of cookies baking in the oven, but being purified, a painful process. Now, gifts from the Lord, like crackling fires and cookies and Christmas music, those are blessings that we truly can enjoy from him. 
But when we resist and resent the Lord for the purifying process that he puts us through for our good, to purify us for him, we are resisting and resenting the Lord, rejecting the reason for the season. The Levites at the time of Malachi, they needed to be purified. The Levites, they were offering broken and blemished and blind sacrifices instead of their best offerings like the Lord demanded and desired. The priests at the time of Malachi, they were going about their priestly duties with indifference and irritation. Ah, this doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't like this. And they were misleading the people in matters of the law too. God's people and the priests and Levites, they all needed to be purified. But this is what the Lord would do. He would purify them for righteousness. And he would do that in the coming messenger of the covenant. Jesus, the one who would come. When Jesus first came, he came to purify us. He faced the fire of God's wrath, was engulfed with that on the cross. He went through that wrath to separate all of our impurities from us, to take our sin away. Jesus endured the pummeling and the pounding there at the cross and on Good Friday to take our sins away and purify and refine us as his people. Jesus washed us clean of our sins in our baptism. By that bath in our baptism, he has clothed us in his righteousness so that we are right in every way in God's eyes, pure and holy, able to bring offerings acceptable to the Lord. We can offer our bodies as living sacrifices, offer ourselves holy and pleasing to the Lord through faith in Jesus' sacrifice. We can be the royal priests and the holy nation that the Lord has made us to proclaim the praises of our purifier. We bring our best to the Lord to spread the message so that other people might be prepared as well. That's our purifier, Jesus. With the living nativity, there were messages going around. It takes weeks and months to prepare the costumes. Got to wash them. Got to mend them. Got to get them fitted for the new cast. It takes Quite a bit of time, quite a process, weeks and months for that. The process of purifying you and me as God allows pain and difficulty in our lives to strip us away from all that's harmful to us in our faith. That's quite a process. takes years and decades. But he does it so that we will be prepared at his second coming. As the Lord says, my messenger will prepare you prepare you for the coming purifier, but also for the coming testifier. In our country, there have been several big trials this year, and many people all around the nation have been following them. There's a trial in Minneapolis, recently a trial down in Kenosha. Now there's trials going on in Waukesha after the tragedy a few weeks ago. And in any trial, it's so important, the role of a witness, a testifier, A witness is to testify to the truth, to speak what they really saw. If a witness lies or bends the truth or leaves important details out, that can be terrible. 
Someone who was innocent could be imprisoned or condemned to death. Someone who was truly guilty could be set free, putting others at risk and at danger. The role of a witness is so important, it can affect the future of other people. At the time of Malachi, the spiritual leaders were not doing the witnessing they should have. They were not testifying against the sins of God's people. They were saying, you're not wicked. Your wickedness is just okay. You're fine with God. No need to worry at all. They were calling evil good. And then when things weren't going well in their life, when things were problems were coming up, they were saying, where are you, God? Where's your justice? Why aren't you coming to help us? Are you really there? Well, here the Lord reminds Malachi and the Israelites in verse 5, I'm coming. I will come with justice and I will be quick to testify against all of your sins. Sorcerers, those who practice witchcraft, those who are enchanted with spells and magic, but do not fear the Lord. He will be quick to testify against adulterers, those who defile the marriage that God has established and given to them. At the time of Malachi, the priests, the spiritual leaders, they were getting violent with their wives, and then they were divorcing them wrongfully, sending them away so that they could marry foreign women who were leading them away from the Lord. In our time, marriage is still defiled in so many ways, whether that's with premarital intimacy or cohabitation, pornography, dirty jokes and innuendo, adultery, cheating on your spouse, wrongful divorce, abuse within marriage. The Lord says, I will come and quickly testify against those things to condemn them. He'll be quick to testify against liars, those who lie to their parents and teachers, those who lie at their workplace with their boss and with customers, those who lie in, leading, in legal proceedings. The Lord will be quick to testify against those things. He'll be quick to testify against those who oppress and cheat workers and oppress widows and orphans and foreigners. That still happens today. Those out there trying to scam the elderly, those out there mistreating and abusing children, cheating workers out of their wages, even if it, if it seems legal on the outside, underpaying them. Remember, you have a master, a boss, in heaven as well. Treating foreigners like garbage just because they look different or talk different. Keeping them at a distance and denying them basic human rights and justice. The Lord will come quickly to testify against such things. People who don't fear the Lord. He's the one who should be feared because only he, the Lord Almighty, can throw body and soul into the furnace of hell. If you have a parent or a family member who is willing to testify against your sin, to come and speak to you in love about it, if you have a pastor or a teacher or another Christian in your life 
who's willing to testify about your sin, to come to you because they care about you, to talk to you about a sin. Give thanks to God for that. Listen to them. Pay attention to them. Because they're a Malachi for you. They're a John the Baptist for you. They're trying to prepare you, to turn you away from sin, to prepare you for the Lord. Because even if hardly anybody else sees, the Lord Almighty sees. And sin comes out either sooner or later. The Lord Almighty, that name refers to him as the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. When he comes again in splendor and glory and power with all of his angel hosts to condemn those who don't fear the Lord. Yet the Lord did not destroy Jerusalem. The Lord did not wipe out his people. At the time of Malachi, Malachi reminded them, I'm the unchanging Lord. I do not change. This is the Lord Almighty who is unchanging in his promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to send one of their offspring who would bless all nations. He's unchanging in his promise to King David that one of David's descendants would rule on the throne forever. Unchanging as the Lord the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love, forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This is the Lord who does not change that those who confess their sins to him, he is faithful and just and will forgive their sins and iniquities. This is the unchanging Lord who says to you and me today too, through his messenger, return to me. Return in humility. Return in confessing your sins. Return in repentance. And I will return to you. I will return to you with the verdict not guilty, acquitted, innocent of all charges by the atoning sacrifice, the blood of Jesus Christ, your Savior. This is our unchanging Lord who sends his messenger once again today to prepare us for the coming testifier. Our living nativity has been going on for almost 20 years now. And it's just amazing because it's the same message over and over again, year after year, every 20 minutes, it keeps looping the same old message. And people keep coming to hear it. They keep coming from the community, from all around our state. We need to tell each other as well because that message of Jesus born on Christmas, that prepares us for his second coming. It prepares us through the unchanging Lord. Today again, his messenger prepares us for the coming purifier and for the coming testifier. Let's listen to that messenger and be ready for the Lord's coming. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, 
begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Almighty, help us to listen to your messenger, to repent of our sins, and prepare for your coming. Lead us to humbly accept whatever pain or loss you allow to purify us from all that is harmful to us. Help us to live in repentance every day, holding on to your cleansing in our baptisms and holding on to your unchanging mercy in Christ Jesus, our Savior. Lord, you are our dwelling place in every generation. We praise you for another year of blessings that you have shown to Sherry Hansen's mother, Agnes, as she recently celebrated her 103rd birthday. Please continue to give her joy serving you here and bless her and her family in the years to come. Heavenly Father, we praise you for watching over Ed Strauss through his shoulder procedure this past week and for granting a successful outcome. Please bless his continued recovery according to your will. And in Jesus' name we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord will be with you always. <laughs> 